you've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, welcome to December. (laughs) (laughs) Can you believe it's here already? Do you have your tree up yet, Corey? Oh, girl, we are the pre-Thanksgiving tree people. No, that's just wrong. Well, one holiday at a time. I understand that, but here's here's the rationale. Tell me if I'm way off base, and you can still lambast me for this if you want. But okay, we always travel to go see family. Like in this case, we went to Colorado to go see my sister. For, so we're gone the whole week because in Texas, the kids are out of school for the entire week of Thanksgiving, which is a great scheduling uh, design. Yes, brilliant. So we set it up right before we leave town. So that way, when we come home, it's done. It's done. Yeah, that, that's a so good you come idea. home it's- to Christmas. Yeah, I'd like that. But in my family, the tradition has always been day after Thanksgiving, which this year was my birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. And I have to, I have to just tell you what I've been doing this past month. I started training on November 1st for a 5k. Right. And here we are first week of December. I have run four. Well done. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm just like shocked. I didn't think I could run. I never in a million years thought that I could run. But here's what I've learned. We are much stronger than we think we are. Yes. And it is all in our head. And yeah. I want to make the same application to our sex life. You are capable of far more than you ever realize that you are. Yeah. You just got to go there. You've got to be very intentional and kind of train for it. Yeah. Like a marathon. No, I. And marriage can be seen as a marathon sometimes. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not a sprint. <laughs> Wear <laughs> well, yourself out. <laughs> that's true. But but it is one of those things that, because I think about it, that this idea of, okay, we we constantly are coming up against roadblocks. We constantly are coming up against limitations that we that we may have. And it's so interesting if we'll just take a moment and examine those limitations. We recognize, hold on, where does that even come from? Have you ever heard the... I had a client once years ago that when she did a pot roast, she cut the ends of the pot roast off to put it in to cook, to cook it. And, uh-huh. and so finally her <laughs> husband says, why do you do that? She's like, that's just, that's the, what you, that's how you cook a pot roast. And so she went and asked her mom and her mom said, that's, that's the way your my mother taught me. So they went and asked grandma and grandma said, my pan was too small. So I had to cut the ends off to get it to fit in. <laughs> and so how often do we do that in life of just like we do these things that are just based on we don't even know but we do them because it's just guaranteed fact until you recognize you know what wait what if it's not what if what if i right. actually lean into this and, and and challenge myself well and it reminds me of how many women throughout the past several months have emailed saying that they just didn't think that they could do the g-spot orgasm thing or even just orgasm across the board right 
But they didn't just accept that as their normal. They kept trying and trying. And just because you can't do it on a given day doesn't mean that you won't eventually discover that hot spot. And it really is like riding a bicycle. Yep. Once you learn how, you know how. And, and you don't forget it. And All right. So this is an interesting segue right into the show. And welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio, where we love to hear from our listeners that we've already referred to a couple different times. And the way we get that information is from this email box, inbox called feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. I can't believe we're five minutes into the show and I have not said the address. But <laughs> You're slacking. I, it's, it's December, you know, it's, it's Christmas. You need your caffeine this morning, Corey. <laughs> so, but we do love hearing from you and we love it when people jump on iTunes and leave us any kind of comments or reviews because we want the show and the topics that we talk about to spread as far as possible to help people in marriage and in their sex life because there's just not enough good information out there. And so what we want is to hear from you, to help have you help us spread the word. But then the other thing that's interesting, go ahead. Can I interject something right there? Please do. (laughs) When you hear me inhale, that's when you know that Shannon's brain is, is spinning. In addition to the fact that there's not enough healthy information out there, and we're certainly trying to combat that, Even 30 minutes of free sex therapy every week may not be enough for you. And that's why I am so excited about the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy that we are frantically putting together this month so that we can launch it in January. Right. Now, Corey, is it time that people can sign up yet or not yet? Not yet. Um, What we're going to do, that's a good segue. But I, I do want to add, just so I finish my thought, because it might fall out of my ears, even though I'm wearing headphones, um, okay. that we got an email f- from feedback at sexymarriageradio.com that she talked, a lady talked about, because she wanted to share, and this is the topic of the show, that what is, how do you redefine normal? Because what you hear us talk about and what we hear is, you know, all of it makes up normal. So she made the comment of she's struggled and struggled and struggled to try to reach orgasm. And she never could until they ran out of lube one night and less lube actually helped her achieve clitoral orgasm. Wow. So it was just kind of interesting of she just making the comment of, huh, that's something we wouldn't have thought of. And it just happened to happen. So I hope maybe that'll help other people. It's trial and error. It's all it organic. Or as it I like totally to say, or as I like to say to Pam, it's time to spend a little bit of time in the lab. You need to try out a couple of things. Because it's business time. <laughs> That's only on Wednesdays. Um, <laughs> you know the song, yes. the Flight of the Concords. Our listeners okay. are going, what are they talking about? Just Google Flight of the Concords. Yep. It's business time. It's a hysterical video that will have you rolling right, for a so while. So the Academy that you're talking about, let me just put yes. a little plug because there'll be a future show coming in a, in a week or two that's going to talk all about it. But it starts January 1. That's that's okay. what I'm thinking. If you are a Bed Buddy Club member, though, it starts earlier. Ooh. So one of those once, bennies, one, one of those perks yep, and bennies. Once we get it all set up and, and it's ready, then Bed Buddy Club members will get first access. And Ooh. so they get a jump start on some of the stuff that's going to already be in there and then as stuff unfolds. But But I do want to spend a whole lot of time talking about this whole idea of normal because – you know, what, we get a whole range of emails, don't we, at feedback we at sexymarriageradio.com. <laughs> of, of, you know, lots of them are, we love the show, we love what you do, you know, encouraging us, uh, offering up questions. But then there's some, that, you know, that call us to task, and I love that because I want to know, 
how I can be better, how my view can be challenged, how I can refine and define things better for mm-hmm. me and for other people. To make people. it more applicable Absolutely. to our audience. Absolutely. Right. But one of the things that's interesting is we had an email. This was from a couple months ago from a listener. And he this is, a, this is one of the longer ones. And he talked about several different notes that had come up. But I love the idea of he made the comment in it of one of the things you've made reference to is the idea of needing a crib pad that because sex is messy because what are you going to because wetter is better. Okay. Well, some yeah. people are going to say that some people are, ew, I don't want to have to be wet <laughs> to that. You know, they want a certain amount of wet. I mean, I, I, I liken right. it to the idea of my wife's of, of, of Pam's comfort zone when it comes to temperature, she has about a one degree variance <laughs> that if I can, if I can make the house or the room that, that temperature, I really increase my chances that night. <laughs> so, so you've it, got fans and heaters and blankets. It, it, yeah, and- <laughs> it depends on the circumstances. But it, but it's recognizing that he he says we've never needed a crib pad. So what are we doing wrong? You know, mm-hmm. and and it makes me wonder because I hear this from from clients, and then I also hear this from from our emailers and our listeners that. We get inundated with a lot of stuff. You know, what is it? You get 3,000 ads a day, a, a normal person. Wow. That, it, it, you know, something, so, somebody's selling something. And all of that is giving this whole hypothesis that what you're doing is wrong, so you need to do it this way. Or what you're doing is you're missing and lacking, so you need to do this. And if, if you think about that and how it plays out to sex, that could wreak havoc. It can make you feel less than. Absolutely. Totally, totally. So let me just give a quick clarifier on the waterproof crib pad, but I know that it's not exclusively about that. I know that there's probably a wide variety of things that you or I have mentioned on the show that make people think, what am I doing wrong? What what am I missing? That's certainly not our intention. I, I think that it's safe to say, Corey, that you and I have... We only have our own perspectives and our clients' perspectives to go off of. Mm-hmm. But there's no universal way to have sex the right way. Right. But but about the crib pad thing, even if she hasn't discovered her G-spot, even if she doesn't gush with female ejaculate juices, the fact that men ejaculate, I, th- I think that you know, we're pretty safe in saying that men don't ejaculate dryly it's 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 a wet thing and so even just when he makes love to his wife and he deposits that ejaculate into her body if they're going to lay there for a while and just enjoy the afterglow that's eventually going to pour out and nobody wants to sleep in the wet spot and that's the main thing for my for the for the waterproof crib pad is that nobody likes to sleep in the wet spot if you're not i mean if 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 you don't need it you don't need it okay but it's a good idea to have it in case you do decide that you need that. Yeah. But anyway, what are some of the other things that maybe we have put out there that sounds like it should be par for the course when it may or may not be? Well, I just think of sometimes we can have a general tone of we are just advocates of every time you have a sexual encounter, you need to be you need to be swinging from the chandeliers. You know, that, mm. that it, it, it needs to be through the roof. Um and, and that afterglow kind of thing, because I, I don't know, it's so interesting because when I think of just all the different clients I've worked with over, man, 15 years of doing this as a, as a profession, 
the the whole range <laughs> of of wow that appeals to you awesome you guys do that and what really that appeals to you guys awesome you guys do that you know and and it's just how do you define what works and i think that's where we have i have really tried to have sexy marriage radio take the stance of we want to just empower people to do what works for them. Yes. That we are not moral police or value cops. This Mm-mm. is you do what is in line with your integrity and your character. And then I want to add the caveat of how do you push the envelope just a little bit of comfort? Because that's where we that, that because that's where we start to create the the novelty and the real out of this world component that sex can have the adrenaline rush right the adrenaline rush um and that is a huge part of it i i'm gonna go back to the running thing that it's one thing to run around the block but to run and run and run and beyond where you think you can go creates that runner's high i think that the same is true of your sex life that when you relax into it and lean into it and even push into it and and Right. Make yourself go beyond where you thought you could go as far as either pleasing your partner or accepting pleasure from your partner. You may be surprised at the adrenaline rush that comes with that. And I think that there's a payoff in the brain. I know that there's a payoff in the brain. Right. And so oftentimes, especially when husbands are complaining that their wives don't show that much interest in their sex life, I often want to ask, and I often do if it's a client that I'm working with, what is her payoff? Okay. Because if there's no payoff in it for her, if, if he's just expecting her to spread her legs and let him do his thing so that he feels good, but she's not really getting that much from it, why should she want to have sex at all? Right. I mean, it, it's, I'm not saying that there's no benefit to the bonding or the skin to skin or the oxytocin flow, but let's be real. If she's not having some sort of orgasmic response, she's probably not that enthusiastic. Okay. Or even if she can have an orgasmic response, I know that for many, many, many women, the idea of working up enough energy to go there can be exhausting, especially when she has little kids and she works outside the home and she's trying to manage everything inside the home. And that it can really be what needs to be normal for your relationship is that you got to kind of work up to it with a big part of foreplay being helping out around the house and making sure that she feels loved and supported and maybe give her a foot rub and ask her about her day and like, she just doesn't want to feel as if he's coming at her wanting sex out of nowhere before she's even had a chance to warm up because it's so true. Men are microwaves and women are crockpots. Mm-hmm. Women have to have time to warm up. That is normal. It's, it would be very rare, I would think, that a woman is just rare, ready and raring to go all the time unless she's in her 40s. And that's the thing about you know the different seasons of a woman's life. G-spot orgasm may be a complete enigma to her in her 20s and 30s. If she's ever going to experience it, she's probably going to discover it in her 40s or maybe 50s or 60s. We don't know. But you're so right. What's normal isn't what's normal for everybody else. There's no such thing as normal when it comes to sex. Right. The question you need to ask is what's normal for us. Right. And that's where I want to. enjoyable for both of us. I want to challenge our listeners to, after you listen to this episode, Take some time and just examine the pattern and the routine and the language that you would use to describe your sexual encounters. And this is just kind of as a whole, right? I mean, because I want to give some good takeaway for people. 
on how do I how do I really define my normal? How do I really define what is it that I'm that's missing versus what it is that we do, and so I can at least have a better perception of it. Because one of the things I ask couples a lot is, tell me about your foreplay. Because foreplay seems to go by the wayside a lot of times in, in married sex. Yeah, and we're going to do a whole show on that very topic next week. So I hope everybody will tune back in. Okay, well then I'll table what I was just going to start to talk no, about. No, 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 next no, no, no. Week. I just want to give a teaser. No, just, just because <laughs> the idea is um, the type and the length of foreplay determines the type and the length of sex that's going to happen afterwards. I mean, okay. I, I think there's a correlation there that, okay. that what you do to set up the actual sexual encounter as far as foreplay determines it. And that makes complete sense, doesn't it? That if, if I spend a lot of time pursuing Pam throughout the day, then I have a greater likelihood of us being able to transition into sex a whole lot easier than I've done nothing all day. I haven't even been around, haven't even talked to her. And then I climb into bed with her and reach over and go for the grope. You know, that's such a great move. Um, <laughs> not, it's, it's exactly what she feels. I've been groped. <laughs> exactly. Get your, mm-hmm. get your hands off me. But, mm-hmm. but it's, so it's just that idea of, okay, if I have her already kind of going or she has me already kind of going, when we finally get a chance to get together, it's just a culmination of stuff. Right. So we're already set up to to go further or to do things, and so I just think of it. You've as, been fanning the flame, sure, for a while. I just think of it as how do we? And this is what I try to encourage my couples that I work with, and so now I'm going to encourage our listeners with this: is how do you slow the foreplay down? How do you stretch Good that question. out? Because, and this is this is an interesting thought, and this is something we talk about at the getaway. Which, by the way, signups are going on now for the 2017. Uh, sexy marriage radio getaway but one of the things we talk about in that is who is it that most of the time that calls for the transition from foreplay to intercourse because one person takes the lead in that most of the time one person says it's time to move to the next stage but see i don't agree with it has to always be one person i don't don't think it always has to be i'm just saying no i'm just saying it is to be yeah, but I just think that there needs to be shared responsibility ah, and shared, shared opportunity in that because there's there's so much fun in being the receptor of that energy, but there's also fun in being the emanator of that energy. Absolutely. And and people, spouses who take the passive role of I'm just going to wait until they want it, they're missing out on sure. that two-way exchange. It needs to be a tennis match. It's sometimes I serve, sometimes it's your turn sure. to serve. I agree. But shared is a myth. I'm sorry, because it just plays out. It does not play out that <laughs> it's way. It's the higher desire partner. I know. Well, maybe, because that's what's interesting. Because look at it through the lens. Somebody could have the higher desire for sex, but... The low desire might be the one that actually says it's time to start sex. The high desire has started it and got the whole process going, right? Okay. But the low desire, which this is where I see it play out a lot in my office when they're talking about it, and I hope people get this click of the low desire is basically saying, let's go ahead and transition to intercourse because this gets it over faster, and that way I'm not as obligated or uncomfortable or then I can get off the hook here. Exactly. So yeah, I knew that 
I, I was going to make that suggestion and I thought, oh, that sounds really negative and pessimistic, but I'm glad that you threw well, it out I, there. <laughs> I think that's what happens though. And that's where, again, this it, isn't it, it, about it, judgment. This is about look at the way it unfolds in your marriage and then challenge yourself. Do I have a tennis match? Do I step up my game and be the one that says, whenever my wife or my husband says, no, 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 let's, let's transition. Do I step up and say, no, I want to keep doing what we're doing or I want to, you know, and it's just because that's how all of a sudden we have gone down a different path together to redefine our normal, to make it something deeper, more spontaneous, more follow the connection, more whatever it may be. But I just want us to recognize as humans, we are routine creatures. Every single one of us has that. That is true. And that plays out for sure in sex. So how do I challenge my routine? That's the goal. Because this isn't about, okay, low desire is supposed to do this or whatever. It's just, no. How do I challenge that in my role in that? Go. See, I feel like the lower desire partner is probably feeling a little attacked right now. And so in the interest of of changing the lingo, I'm going to introduce a different analogy. Maybe the lower desire partner is the one who brings things to a head or who turns up the flame and brings it to a boil so that it can... Yeah, so that there can be, so that it can be enjoyed. No, I, 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 again, I'm not, I'm not coming at either side as one of them's doing it wrong or right. It's just okay. I want to okay. hear. I want them just to hear me very clearly that we play roles on how yeah. do I transition, how do I make things happen, how do I, and a lot of times all of that is conditioned on people's responses. I mean, I used to let me give you a personal example without giving too much information. I used to. Oh, because we never give TMI. Never. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Sexy Marriage Radio. Um, No, I used to, when I would make moves or statements about sex with Pam, she felt objectified. Actually, this is talked about in my book, Naked Marriage, by the way. If you want to hear more, read it. Um, There you go. But it's, I used to make those kind of statements and she would feel objectified, which which would make her kind of be. Not necessarily repulsed, but it would turn her off. It was like, dang it, you know, I don't, I don't want to be objectified. So I would react to that and not make those comments, even though I want to make those comments. So now I'm in a dilemma <laughs> of I want to share this part with her. I want to talk about, how, you know, I want to objectify her, for lack of a better phrase. And she's like, no, don't. And so now I'm trying to be the good guy and the nice guy and the good husband. And so I'm not going to do that. And then I started recognizing, hold on. Am I objectifying her in a negative way? Is that my meaning? No. My guess is no. No, it's not. It's, it comes along with it by the way she interprets it. But that's not my meaning. So I need to live my meaning and say straight out to her, if you feel like I'm being crude... I, I, all right, please tell me, but I don't know if that means I'm going to stop, right? And so as that has transitioned in our marriage, we actually had a time about a year ago, we were laying in bed and talking about just our life and sex life and kind of how it evolved. And that comment came up of, I still make comments when she leans over in front of me, I'll say, hey, thanks for that, you know, or just something, just kind of, a, <laughs> I notice, I notice you. And sometimes she's doing it intentionally. Eye candy. And sometimes it's intentional on her part. Sometimes it's not. She's just got to pick something up and I happen to get in a fortunate position to see it. <laughs> and, but what, one of the things she made the comment of is she recognized 
how she used to feel objectified from it, but now she doesn't because I say it more confidently because I'm not as concerned about am I putting her in a bad spot or not because she also knows by the way I live my life, I'm not trying to put her in a bad spot. Right. 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 So, that's what I was going to say is that it's very important for women to understand that you you have to reframe your husband's advances as being totally different from those that you might get walking down the street when the construction worker whistles or or when you were in college or mm-hmm. high school and the guy walks by and grabs your butt when you're at your locker. So like what your husband is doing is trying to co-create something with you. Right. He's not trying to steal something from you. He's not trying to degrade you. And so you you really literally have to reframe that in your mind as he's flirting with me. This is the biggest compliment in the world. Right. He likes my body. He wants to touch me. He's giving me attention. He's giving me affection. Relish that. Right. Stop treating him the way that you would that construction worker on the street of turning up your nose and walking right by and ignoring him and giving him the cold shoulder. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's really about – I just want to, people to see – and hear us talk about what goes on in marriage and particularly what goes on in sex is actually a defining of me. Am I playing the part I really want to play? And that's where it starts to change then. If I'm the high desire partner, which in my case I am, and in, in when it comes to just sexual desire, am I playing the role of I have to make sure if that's something I want, am I pursuing it? Right? That's, that's my job. But a lot of times what will happen is I'll take the stance of I'm going to wait till she does. And then I'm mad at her because she won't. And she doesn't even know why I'm mad at her. And I got this whole game going on. And that's really what it is. It's a game or as Shinarsh refers to it as the devil's pact. It just solidifies the dynamic between you even deeper. So mm-hmm. uh, and, and the low desire partner, I hope you hear all I want you. All I want you to hear from this is. Am I challenging my spot as the low desire? Because this isn't about I want you to be the high desire. This is just about be a good low desire. You know, just yes. just just be, lower. We, we, yeah, we have just, to make sure. Well, that, yeah. low is not zero, or you know, right. it, low right. is just in comparison to whoever you're with. That's all it is. So right. higher, lower, that works too. More, less, that works too. But it's just be a good person in that, and look at it in the dynamic of. You know, would you want to have sex with you? If it takes a lot of work to get you engaged in sex, would you want to go down that path? Or if you're constantly needy when it comes to sex, would you want to have sex with somebody that's trying to suck you dry? And, you know, that kind of stuff. If I can look at it through that lens, I typically have just totally revolutionized what I can create in my own life and then in turn my marriage. I think we need to do a whole different show on that topic right there. <laughs> okay. That's coming down. The, I've actually had that on my list of, of topics for quite some time. So we are going to come back to that. But Corey, you said the magic word that's been rolling around in my head ever since you first introduced this topic, comparison. Right. You said in comparison to your spouse, which I guess that's a okay comparison to make. But I think the reality of when couples feel as if, well, what's wrong with us? What are we missing out on? Is when they start comparing their sex life to what they hear from their friends or right. what they see in the movies or right. whatever. And that is just not a fair comparison right. at all. I think that we've probably all been in those social situations where one of our buddies is bragging about the great sex that they're having. Yeah. But maybe that was once every six months for them. Whereas you're having pretty good sex once every six days. It's so, you know, it, it's all relative. Right. It's, it's, 
But to compare yourself to other people is just not a fair comparison at all. You have to look at, are we each being fulfilled in this relationship? And if not, why? What's missing? Wh mm -hmm. What do we each feel is missing? And it is so important to put on your big girl panties and put on your big boy boxers and ask for what you need. You, but you first, you have to know. You have to know what you want, what element is right. is missing, what what added layer would, would take you you know, more over the top than before and be able to communicate that to your spouse in a very clear, concise way, because otherwise, how are they going to know? But you're right. Most of us just kind of stew over the fact that we're not getting needs met, but we haven't manned up or womaned up and said, this is what I would like. This mm -hmm. is how I would like it. This is when I would like it. This is how often I would like it. Are you willing type of a thing? And then I couple that with living better not being contingent on do I get it or not because that's the big difference because I think a lot of people will hear well I have said what I want I have spoken up and that's that whole idea of the two shows we did on knowing versus caring because we are going to hit components of marriage where <laughs> they know <laughs> they just don't care it's just not something they want to deal with or that's something they want to do so how do I still live a life that inspires that's your phrase that I like. Yes. How do I inspire my yeah, partner? Yeah, you can't require intimacy, but you right. can totally inspire it. Right. And totally. some of that comes down to this idea of I live a life. That's what's so funny. Listening to you say something just a minute ago about a woman being ogled by construction workers and stuff. You know, I love being ogled by people. And that's a guy <laughs> thing, I think, isn't it? That it, because I, I think of somebody mentioned to me a, a cartoon of a woman's looking at herself in the mirror and what she sees is somebody with curves and she sees all the negative things. And then a big fat guy's looking at himself in the mirror and he just sees a ripped body. Right. Fabio. Right? And it's just <laughs> and it's perception. And some of it is male, female. It's that it's that basal. That's true. But some of it also is, OK, hold on. I need to live a life, and this sounds almost arrogant, but I think it's true. I need to live a life that really does believe, you know what? I'm worth wanting, and other people would want me. They would have good judgment to want that. So if I live that and I steer it towards my partner, that's my recipe to having much more, not success, but much more reality of what's going on between us. That it, it puts everything front and center, which then that opens up another can of worms, which go back to knowing versus caring shows, go back to right. gridlock shows, you know, because that's where now all of a sudden I got to real deal with some real nitty gritty things, but I'm taking care of what I'm responsible for, which is me. Do I have time for a final thought? Go. I'm going to start the music, but you can start. <laughs> it brings to mind what Esther Perel says that um, on her TED talk, she says that when people have an affair, it's not necessarily another person they're looking for. It's another self. Right. Well, when you want more out of your sex life, it's often not just that you want something more from your spouse. It's that you're looking for more from yourself and you're looking for an outlet through which to experience that. And that's great. Yeah, it is great. I just really encourage spouses that if your husband or wife comes to you and says, I want more, please don't take that as an insult. Take that as a compliment. They're saying, I like you. I love you. I have passion toward you. And I want to experience that more often or more intensely because I can't get enough right. of you and that is the biggest compliment in the world yeah and I, I think of a listener that emailed us a long time ago to feedback at sexymarriageradio.com of they were talking about, they listened to a show 
and they got in the car together and one of them said something to that effect of I, I want blah 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 you know I don't remember what it was he said and it's, I love it because his wife was the one that emailed and she said I'm not there with you yet but give me a little bit I'm working on catching back up and I think that's a different stance of if I hear it from me and my partner how do I say you know what I'm not there with you yet but let me wrestle with that a little bit and then I'll come back to you and tell you if I if I am on board or I'm not rather than just the immediate no we're not going to yep and this has been Sexy Marriage Radio thanks for taking some time out of the day to spend it with us see yep, you next we time we love you for listening <laughs>